0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome to the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with the show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm Nara Wang, and my co-host was the 91st overall draft pick by the Cincinnati Bengals in the third round in 2006, and a two-time national champion at USC, Frosty Rucker. Frosty, the 2020 NFL draft has come and gone, and only two Trojans were chosen, offensive tackle Austin Jackson and wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. For the first time in the common draft era, which started in 1967, no defensive player out of USC was taken in the draft. Were you surprised that our guest on the last episode, Christian Rector, and linebacker John Houston weren't selected at all?
0: Yeah, I'm a little surprised. Christian put a good, solid college career together as well as John Houston. And I think it was just the lack of the team overall success mixed with not having an opportunity to do a pro day. I mean, this was an awkward time. I think teams sat where they were going to sit on certain picks and didn't have a lot of room to sway to get guys that could have been mid-range or even lower round guys. I think the whole gap was destroyed by the coronavirus.
1: Yeah, it certainly affected everything as Christian told us about his training for pro day that didn't happen and not being able to meet with teams and things like that. So Obviously, we wish them the best, and we'll get to John in a little bit as well. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please subscribe and rate our show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, or TuneIn. The website you can find us on is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Podcasts. For me, I am on Twitter. Find and follow me there at Nara Wang Sports. That's N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Frosty, let everybody know where they can catch up with you on social media.
0: Yeah, they can find me at The Organic Frost, and that's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
1: It was interesting to watch the NFL draft this year with almost everyone involved working from home due to the restrictions in place with the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. We got to see a lot of families, both of the draftees and the team personnel, and a variety of interior decoration styles. Overall, I think it turned out pretty well, although we didn't get as many live interviews with the players as in years past because the delays over the internet streams just doesn't make for good television. The first USC Trojan to hear his name called by Commissioner Roger Goodell from his basement was Austin Jackson when the Miami Dolphins took him 18th overall in the first round. Jackson was the fifth offensive tackle taken, following Georgia's Andrew Thomas, who went fourth to the Giants, 10th pick Jedrick Wills out of Alabama by the Browns, Louisville's Makai Becton going 11th to the Jets, and Tampa Bay trading up one spot to 13 to select Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. It was the second of three choices Miami had in the first round, as they also took Alabama QB Tua Tongavailoa at number five and Auburn cornerback Noah Igbenogane, 30th. Frosty, you called it in our last show when you said Austin would go in the middle of the first round. How do you like his fit with the Miami Dolphins?
0: Yeah, I like the fit a lot. It was a perfect selection. I think he'll play right away. I'm not sure Tua will, but I like Austin being in that position to get down south and Miami be the future of that team. Blocking for Fitzpatrick this year or Tua at some point this year will be huge for the Dolphins organization as they are on the rise. With Tom Brady being out of their conference now, there's no clear-cut winner, and I think these teams will finally be able to have a chance to battle it out and get into the playoffs sooner or later.
1: Yeah, it's funny how things work. Obviously, the last couple of seasons, Miami has not been very good. The joke has been that they were tanking for Tua, and even though they didn't end up with the first overall pick, Tua still falls to them, probably due to the hip injury in a lot of ways, and the fact that Joe Burrow just had an incredible season with LSU. So it still works out that they get the guy that everyone said they were tanking for. And with all the picks that they have maneuvered to get, that 18th overall pick that they used to draft Austin Jackson came from the Steelers in the Minka Fitzpatrick trade last season where everyone's like, oh, they're just giving up, they're tanking, whatever. But this is a way for them to kind of restart. It's almost similar to use a NBA analogy, what the Philadelphia 76ers did in the process. This was kind of the Dolphins process to try and rebuild their team. And you're right. I think Austin has a good chance to play right away, maybe even start right away. The only returning guys at tackles on their depth chart, Julian Davenport is the returning left tackle. Jesse Davis, returning right tackle. The only other tackle listed is Adam Pankey. They drafted Robert Hunt in the second round out of Louisiana Lafayette. But he's more considered to be a guard or a right tackle, and everyone thinks that Austin's going to be that left tackle for the future for them. And I think it'll be an interesting thing to see how quickly they want to throw him into the fire, so to say, because I think Austin's a guy who might need a little bit of seasoning because he's still very young. He's coming out early from SC He had a season where he had ups and downs, maybe some of that due to the fact that he donated bone marrow to his sister in the summer of last year, and he was recovering from that. So do you think it's one of those things that they should push him right away or let him ease into it?
0: Well, there's not going to be any easing into anything. Granted, there's no spring football right now hopefully there's a training camp and there's a preseason where that's where the seasoning is going to happen. Because if he doesn't go in a number one on the depth chart, he's going to get the majority of those reps in those preseason games. And that's where it's going to make or break how he comes out of the gate. Those practices and those games are just so vital for him. But I do think taking him at 18 puts him right in a position to have the lead going into camp practice reps. That's just what's going to propel him to be ready to go if there is an opening kickoff in their new future.
1: And so what happens if there is a delay to training camp, if there are no rookie mini camps and things like that? How is that going to affect not just Austin, but all the rookies coming into the NFL?
0: It's definitely going to be tough. It goes to say for everyone on any roster, just getting the cobwebs out, so to say, for veterans and getting your legs under you. It's just reps and the lack of reps may cause a sloppy first half of football until everyone really, truly gets into football shape. Again, it's a unique time and no one can really describe how this is going to play out, the timing of it and just the adversity that's coming towards this. But again, those are on the table for professionals to figure it out. And that's why they're pros, not bros.
1: And of course, we didn't mention this in the last show about him, but Austin's grandfather, Melvin, was a USC Trojan who was selected in the 12th round of the 1976 draft by the Green Bay Packers and played guard for the Packers for five seasons in the NFL. So he's got NFL bloodlines as well and Trojan bloodlines. So we hope Austin Jackson will do well. He is going to be the only Trojan on the roster. In Miami, so we'll be rooting for him down there. And I think you make a good point with no more Tom Brady in the AFC and in the AFC East specifically. All of those teams in that division are looking like there's a new lease on life for them, that there's a chance that they can maybe contend now for that division crown. Do you think that plays a big role into how teams are looking into this season in that division? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Between Miami and Buffalo, things are going to get really interesting. They're both rebuilding just new opportunity and new energy. This is the perfect time if they're going to have a chance to make a run at anything and they can actually take the time that everyone else doesn't have and be a benefit to them and just come out of the gate as soon as the light switch turns on and still a couple wins early. Again, this is all about pro ball. The guys that are training right now, however they're doing it, staying ready, just waiting for the time where they can get back into the office and actually get to work, are the teams that are going to be better off. You know, a lot of guys I know just from experience of being in the league are probably not doing as much, and that's unfortunately, but they're going to find their way lower on the depth chart because this can open up any day. It's just a matter of states and governors and towns saying, okay, you can go back to work. So I hope these guys are taking it seriously. While most pros are, there's going to be, just like everything else, someone that's not. And there's room for opportunity right
1: there. And if you enjoy listening to the Believe in USC football podcast, please subscribe and rate us on all of your favorite podcast directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can go to the website, believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Find us on social media at Believe Podcasts, For me specifically, I am on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Where are you on social media, Frosty?
0: I'm at The Organic Frost, and that's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
1: The Believe in USC football podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. There's no NBA, NHL, and MLB, but you still have plenty to wager on, including esports, American Idol, Big Brother, politics, and the spelling bee. BetOnline also has an online casino with blackjack and poker, plus their $750,000 poker series they're still fun to be had. So go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. The second and final Trojan who was drafted was wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr., taken as the second pick on day two in the second round, 34th overall by the Indianapolis Colts. And he was the first choice made by the Colts because they had traded their first round pick to the San Francisco 49ers for defensive tackle DeForest Buckner earlier in the offseason. And that pick that they got at 34 actually came from the Washington Redskins last year when the Colts traded out of the first round and Washington selected defensive end Montez Sweat at number 26 of the 2019 draft. In a loaded wide receiver class, Michael Pittman was the 8th wide receiver taken behind Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Rager... Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, and T. Higgins, who was the first pick of the second round. And I think there's a good chance that Michael Pittman Jr. is going to outperform at least a few of those guys who were taken ahead of him. How do you like his fit with the Indianapolis Colts?
0: Well, it works out. You know, not being in an overcrowded receiver room with solid veterans like T.Y., I like it. Obviously, coming from USC and being a fan of what Pitt has done over the course of his career and how he's grown and being so well coached by Kerry Colbert and just his attitude towards the game. He should fare well. There's opportunity for him out there, but again, you just have to throw in the what-ifs and the whatnots of this offseason and those valuable reps. I like the pick. It's a new emerging team that should be very good. Got a new quarterback coming over from the West and Phillip Rivers that's going to like to throw the ball in those short range passes as well as go up top. I like the move. The defense has come together. They had an offseason getting DeForest Butner over there. They always play solid defense. Last year, they finished third in their conference. And I feel like this is a perfect opportunity. Again, great pickup, great opportunity for Pitt to get out there and make a move. And I'm really happy to see this develop.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously you mentioned T.Y. Hilton is the number one receiver there. The other starter listed was Zach Pascal. They also have Paris Campbell, who's going into his second year, Marcus Johnson, Ashton Doolin, Chad Williams. Those are the only other wide receivers that are listed on the Colts roster who actually have NFL game experience. They took another wide receiver in the sixth round, Desmond Patman out of Washington State. And I think it's a great opportunity for Michael Pittman to get in there and probably be able to contribute right away. With his skill set, I think he's a perfect complement to what T.Y. Hilton can do. Hilton a little bit more of a burner, stretch the field. Pittman as a, you can call it a possession receiver, but just a big target and a guy who can, in the right situation, open up up top as well. And there's a couple of other USC Trojans already on the Colts roster. Tight end Xavier Grimble and D.B. Marvell Tell the third. So, He'll have a couple of other SC guys on the roster with him. And I think it is a good situation. And like you mentioned, bringing in Philip Rivers, a guy who likes to chuck the ball around and has been very good at it. He did struggle a little bit in the 2019 season. But he's still a pretty good quarterback, and I think Michael Pittman's definitely going to get a lot of chances. And he, too, has the NFL bloodlines. Of course, Michael Pittman Sr. was a running back for many years in the league after being drafted in the fourth round, 95th overall out of Fresno State by the Arizona Cardinals back in 1998. So, again, a guy who comes out of USC and is going to get a chance to further the family ties to the NFL. And I think it is a good situation for Michael Pittman. How do you see that Colts team going into the 2020 season?
0: I think they got a good chance of doing something special. Obviously, the lack of the offseason program puts a little dent but everyone's dealing with it. So the real pros, like I said, are going to rise to the top and show up completely in shape and they won't need that much time to get their legs on the But it's just all about when this is all going to happen. And I do like the Colts chance of moving up in the AFC South. Obviously, it's a tough division with Houston. Always playing very, very solid with Deshaun Watson. But again, you're bringing Phillip Rivers, a proven vet over there that's done it close to 20 years in this NFL league. You got a chance always when you got Phillip. Can they get over the hump? We'll see. But I hope so. Again, Michael Pittman's in the right position to make a key contribution to this team. He will play some special teams and he'll make noise that way, too. He's an all effort guy that really will do whatever the coach has them do. And you mix that with a small ego, with a big heart, big competitive guy. He's set to be a great pro.
1: And I think that's why a lot of people liked him a lot, even though he was a guy who most people figured would be in the second round. And there were, like I mentioned, eight receivers taken ahead of him there's a good chance he's going to be better than some of those guys because he's just going to probably outwork them. And like you mentioned, there are guys who maybe are not going to put in the work, especially during this time when there are so many restrictions on what you can do and where you can go and train, and they're not going to do enough to put themselves in the best position. And we know a guy like Michael Pittman Jr. is definitely going to put his best foot forward, his full effort into whatever he does. So we're going to wish him well in Indianapolis. And of course, if you enjoy listening to us here on the Believe in USC football podcast, you can subscribe and rate us on all of your favorite podcast directories, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, or TuneIn. The website is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Believe Podcast. I am on Twitter. Send me your comments. Find and follow me at Nara Wang Sports. That's N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Where are all the places that they can find you on social media, Frosty?
0: Yeah, you guys can always find me at The Organic Frost, and that's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. It's different for you. It's different for me. One thing is certain. Every day there's an opportunity to win. Just like Scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab and go. Every day giftable. Every day fun. The new Lucky Number Scratcher from the Virginia Lottery. 32 chances to win $500,000 plus 4 bonus games. Stop by your closest retailer and check it out. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com. What's up? It's Christian Rector, and you're listening to Believe in USC Football Podcast with Nara Wang and my fellow Trojan defensive lineman, Frosty Rucker. Fight on.
1: And of course, we got to talk about the undrafted free agents out of USC as well. The guy that we had on our last show, defensive end Christian Rector, and offensive lineman Drew Richmond, still as of our taping here on Wednesday, are unsigned so we'll see if they get picked up by anybody. But linebacker John Houston did get signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He signed the standard three-year, $2.285 million non-guaranteed contract, and he was signed along with two other linebackers as undrafted free agents, Leo Lewis and James Lockhart. They also drafted a linebacker in the third round, Alex Highsmith out of Charlotte, although Highsmith is more of an Edge rusher, outside linebacker type. So maybe not direct competition for John Houston. But how do you think that John fits with the Steelers and what are his chances of making the team that's a team that has Devin Bush and Vince Williams listed as the top two inside linebackers on their depth chart?
0: Well, I think everyone thought that he would be selected, like myself, at least second round, third round latest, just pure off stats and athletic ability and just a nose for getting to the ball and him slipping to be a free agent kind of unbelievable, but I think he makes the team. I think once he gets there and he's around Juju and Zach and guys that he's familiar with and he gets in on that defense and it fits him well. They got big linemen up there that do a lot of damage. He can go sideline to sideline and make a lot of plays for the Steelers. And I think he's going to be someone that sticks around that organization for a long time, just off pure attitude. Being in Pittsburgh and Steel country, they make you tougher. He's battled a few things, but, you know, you grit things out out there in Pittsburgh and being in the AFC North where it's a real bang-bang conference, he'll have an opportunity to play versus Baker Mayfield, make it an interception or a sack off him blitzing. You got Joe Burrow coming in. So when you're in a division with those guys and those quarterbacks that are so highlighted and you're on the opposite side of it, you make those plays and it really shows you. So I think it's a good opportunity for him. Again, when the light switch turns on and everyone's back to work. We'll be able to see how he fits in, but I think he's not an over-talkative guy. He's a hard worker, and that's all about Pittsburgh, and I think he fits in well with that locker room.
1: Yeah, and it'll be good to have him there with two other Trojans. You mentioned Juju Smith-Schuster and Zach Banner already in the Pittsburgh franchise, and a guy like Troy Polamalu is a former Pittsburgh Steeler as well. So I think there is going to be a good chance, basically looking at that linebacker depth chart, for him to make a spot for himself with the Steelers. And to bring up another guy who was an undrafted free agent last year out of USC, Porter Gustin. He got signed by the New Orleans Saints, but he didn't make the team, was one of the final cuts, and didn't have a job for a little bit until the Cleveland Browns picked him up in November and put him on their practice squad. He was on the practice squad for a couple of weeks, got elevated to the main roster, and even though it was kind of a lost year for the Browns, Porter Gustin got to play and made an impact, got a sack, and he just showed what he could do. So I think that's what all these undrafted free agents just want. They want a chance to show what they can do, but once they get that chance I mean, you've dealt with guys who are your teammates who are undrafted free agents. Those guys probably have to work harder, right? Because they don't have the cachet of being a draft pick or a big name.
0: Right. And all it is is opportunity. And when you get drafted, you do get a little bit more leeway or an extra day, so to say, a little bit more patience for you to figure it out because they took their time to personally select you. And yeah, when you're undrafted, you do have to fight a little bit harder. And there's no mistake in that, but that's everyone in the NFL. You know, there's only so many roster spots and just it's all whole opportunity, these guys that they come, they're scrapping, they think they're going to be draft picks. Now you got a whole new mindset, a whole new hunger out there. You have friends and families, you know, you're embarrassed a little bit. If you do a party, You got this whole nother side to you that these draft picks don't have. Some come in fueled up, ready to compete and play. And some just were happy to get selected and they forget what took them to get there. And I think all these guys will be on people's heels, ready to make a name for themselves. There's a lot of undrafted guys that end up being Hall of Famers. There's a lot of guys that get a long career out of the NFL. So I tell these guys, don't be discouraged about being undrafted, but just use it as fuel to your fire and make it happen.
1: And with the new CBA that the NFL Players Association agreed to, there are supposed to be more slots on the roster and practice squad is increased. So there may be more opportunities, even if they don't make the main roster, to at least get on a practice squad and show what they can do there. And that can lead to more opportunities down the line, like I mentioned with Porter Gustin. He was signed by one team as an undrafted free agent and made his mark with another team after they picked him up and put him on a practice squad. So we'll see what happens with John Houston with the Steelers. And if Christian Rector and Drew Richmond end up on a roster, we will, of course, pass that along when we find out that information. And if you listen to our show, you can find it wherever you get your favorite podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Please subscribe and rate us. Or go to the website, believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Podcast. For me, on Twitter, find and follow me at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Where do they get you on social media, Frosty?
0: As usual, you can get me at The Organic Frost, and that's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
1: And now let's talk about your post-draft process. You mentioned in our last show that when you got drafted, you got a call from then-Cincinnati Bengals head coach Marvin Lewis to welcome you to the team. But let's go into the process now. You've been drafted. You got the call that you're a new member of an organization what is next? How do you get into the contract negotiations? And during that, how do you talk to the coaches to learn your schemes and everything like that? I want to get into that kind of process with how it went with you.
0: Well, my road was a little bit different because I had graduation. So I got drafted and back then rookie minicamp was right away, but USC's graduation was right around the same time. So I chose to walk and I missed the first day of practice. So they got me on a red eye all the way to Cincinnati I got to town right before practice started. They put me in a jersey, put me in a helmet, gave me some cleats and shorts. I didn't know any of the plays and they just had me out there practicing and I was getting cussed out for stuff and I had no idea what any of the calls were or anything, it was just the timing of everything and I chose to walk. So that happened. Fast forward a little bit, contract negotiations were different. Everything's slotted when you're outside of the first round especially now everything's slotted. But back then, you kind of knew where you were. But there's just little tiny things with language with things if you get injured and splits in your contract for those things, meaning, you know, they'll give you half your salary if you end up on injured reserve. So we went back and forth a little bit like that. I was the last pick in my class to actually sign because of some language and put that behind me and just got to work. Our training camp was in Georgetown, Kentucky at a college there, Georgetown. And let me tell you the humidity levels, how hot it was. Defense practiced in black jerseys every single day. And the majority of the draft picks that got drafted to my class, that included Jonathan Joseph that played 14 years so far. Andrew Whitworth that played 14 seasons. Domita Pecco played 14. Those guys like pretty much practiced back east. And so they're used to humidity and stuff. And obviously I came from sunny Southern California. You know, I looked at Carson at training camp, and I was like, dude, how did you do this? Like, you know, he's like, I'm just used to it, bro. For me, it was so bizarre of being that hot and tired. And see, back then, they had double days. So that's a practice in the morning and afternoon. I was a rookie playing for Cincinnati Bagels. I only had one pair of cleats. My cleats were soaking wet from sweat and water and Gatorade. I'm taking these reps for these veterans. You know, they didn't want to practice two a day. So you just got to plug in. It was a very difficult thing it really challenged me as a person to understand you know this is completely different you're not on scholarship if you really want this job you really really truly got to dig in and earn it and every single dollar i made was earned and the process is a lot different now you know they got one-a-day practices and it's not so much challenging but i mean the wear and tear on your body mentally physically people getting cut at the crack of dawn I think one of the years I was in Cincinnati, the show Hard Knocks comes on and it shows you some of the things and it's such a cutthroat business. You get accustomed to certain guys being there before you know it. They're not there the next day. It's like, what happened to so-and-so? You know, and then there's a new guy in a number. So that whole process is different. There's so much going into being a professional athlete and there's so much going on from leaving college and kind of being in awe of the whole situation. And you really, really, really got to grow up fast.
1: Yeah. And like you said, it is a lot different. There have been more concessions to the players in the ensuing years. But the other thing I want to get into with you is during the time that you're negotiating your contract, like you said, you went to a rookie mini camp. How is that dynamic when you're not signed yet, but you're participating in team stuff or having to learn the scheme and the plays and stuff like that?
0: I mean, it's different. Obviously, you're coming from college not being paid, so you're willing to do the work. I look back at it now, it's like, so I could have literally got her not under contract and made zero money for my efforts during that weekend. And those weekends too, those uh, rookie mini camps, those are double-day practices. And you don't have the veterans there. So you're taking literally a two-hour practice and all the reps. So it was very challenging, very hard. And you really have to sit back and like, do I really want to do this? I talked to many guys around the league all the time, even past Trojans, about their experiences. And everyone was sitting there just dumbfounded about how hard it was to be in the NFL. And it's not made for everyone. And it's really, you got to be cut from a different cloth. And you almost got to be crazy to do it because they push you to the brink of really questioning your motive of being in that building, especially being a young guy in that building and not having the support and friends. It's not college anymore. There's no one from your hometown or your neighboring cities and things like that. You're in there with some grown men that are fighting for jobs. So it was very difficult.
1: Did it help, like you mentioned, having a former teammate in Carson Palmer there, another USC Trojan?
0: Yes and no. Carson was obviously the man who was coming off his knee injury, suffered in the playoff game. So he was rehabbing. And there's a little bit of an age gap then. And Carson just had kids, his twins. He had different things going on and we we're at different times of our lives. So we didn't really get stronger and our bond didn't really grow until we really played for the Cardinals. But that was good to be able to talk to him like, you know, bro, when I was in training camp, I was seriously like, bro, you know, how are you doing this in this hot sun? is like, I'm used to it. And I would tell most guys like, John, go into Pittsburgh, if you can, move out there if you know someone and train in that humidity so it's not a shock to your body or your mind of what you're going to go through.
1: It definitely is a different perspective when you go to a different region of the country and you're going through the training camps in the summer. And it's like you said, it's swampy in a lot of those places. So it's something to definitely get used to if you're a California kid like yourself or like John Houston. And we shall see how things go there. And before we finish up today, any other final thoughts on this year's draft or your draft memories?
0: Yeah, for the most part, we knew those first two guys were going to go. Kudos to those guys. They worked their tails off and they got recognized. The work is not over. Obviously, you got to go out there and represent your school you came from, your family, and do the right things in the community and really, really, really be a strong professional. And for the guys that didn't get drafted, that will have a chance. And I feel like the guys that went undrafted that they didn't even get on a team yet, keep working. Keep your head up, keep your mind right. Don't fall into the days of it didn't happen and get depressed about it because your day's gonna come. The NFL is a revolving door and opportunity will exist if you're prepared when you get a chance to come in for a team workout and they see that you've kept a sharp mindset and you kept working out and you're ready to go. Those guys get signed. So stay determined, represent, everyone's proud of you guys no matter what happens and make us proud.
1: For Frosty Rucker, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 31 of the USC football podcast. On the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And as I end every show, please remember to fight on.